are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And uh, on today's show, we've got questions from the prospectors. We did a mailbag. Uh, I put out the, the ask on Friday for questions. Many of you came through. Thank you. If you have questions for a future mailbag, uh, send them to me on Twitter. I'm at Crosby Baseball. Send them to the show on Twitter at Locked On Farm or email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. But thank you, everybody, for your questions. I'm going to do this on the regular so you can get a chance to get these uh, these urgent questions out. There are more prospects than I have minutes in the day. So it's good to know who you want to hear about. First question comes from Jeremy. Uh, Mets question. He said, if the Mets are out on Chris Bryant, if these reports are true, can Mark Vientos make a difference at a corner infield spot? Okay, so refresher on Vientos. Uh, 2017 second rounder out of high school. Uh, 6'4", 205, played shortstop. Uh, now looking at a corner infield spot. So there's a couple there's a couple layers to this question. It's like an onion. Uh, first layer, are the Mets really out on Chris Bryant? I think they are. So if you look at assuming nothing changes in the CBA, because we just don't know, as of right now, the CBA threshold's $210 million. Uh, the Mets tax-eligible payroll. So that is buried salaries in the minor league. That is you know, benefits. Uh, the actual payroll, Bobby Bonilla's money is not in this. Bobby Bonilla's money is not tax eligible, but they're already at $246 million. So this comes out to a, uh, a competitive balance tax penalty as of right now of $19.7 million. Uh, going off some of the spot track projections, for Chris Bryant, they're looking at like a six-year deal, 140 to 141 million. That gives you an AAV of 23 and a half million dollars. So um, obviously, you take that, you would add that in, you would add in the penalty on top of that. Yes, the Mets are out on Chris Bryant unless they just plan to to like literally pay 40 million dollars in penalty and in, in luxury tax, or if you think the limit's going to go up and you're going to somehow stay underneath it. There's a is it possible that it ends up being somewhere a lot closer to 246 than 210? I think there is. Is it definitely going to be over 246? I don't think you can say that. Uh, if you sign Chris Bryant, it's definitely, you're definitely going to be over the tax. So I fully understand the Mets saying, hey, I think we're done other than a piece here or there. So Mark Biento. So right now he's blocked, right? Signed as a, uh, drafted as a shortstop. He's sent, since moved to third base. Uh, but he plays third base, and he's played a little bit of left field. Uh, if you remember, the Mets added Eduardo Escobar. They're getting Robinson Cano back from suspension. And then if you think about it, you still have Jeff Davis. I'm sorry, J.D. Davis. You still have Jeff McNeil. You still have Dominic Smith. So you've got to move one of those guys. I don't necessarily see how you find a spot for Mark Vientos with those three guys all still in the picture as well. And does the DH help here? Maybe. Maybe there's a situation where you can move um, Cano to DH or you can move Pete Alonso to DH and you open an infield spot. But I think that J.D. Davis, Jeff McNeil, Dominic Smith, uh, 
give you enough flexibility roster wise where you don't necessarily need to bring up a Mark, a Mark Vientos. There are two possible ways that Mark Vientos um, makes it to the major league level. And I think the first one's a Michael Conforto situation. So if he keeps hitting, if he hits in AAA and somebody gets hurt or multiple people get hurt, we've seen that before. Uh, it, lo- it, it looks like 2015 where Michael Conforto came in for an injured Michael Kadire and basically Wally pipped him. Uh, the issue with this scenario is Mark Vientos isn't that great defensively. He's got a slow first step at third base. And so I feel like like physically, the sum of his parts doesn't project to be better defensively in the outfield than he would be at third base. He can make the routine plays at third base, but it kind of feels like he's going to be, a, a at best, league average defensive third baseman, probably a below average defensively left field. Uh, or he can play first base. So there is a possibility that people get hurt and they decide to bring him up. Uh, maybe he plays third, maybe he plays first for Pete Alonso. If Alonso's at DH or Alonso gets hurt, something like that, that's a possibility. The other option, the other way with which Vientos gets uh, brought up and actually makes an impact is if he absolutely rakes in AAA and nobody in New York does. And so midseason, he is called up to, to try to give a spark to the offense. Now, I think they'd wait as long as possible before they did this. Because if you think about it, he needs work defensively. And he's also only had 43 plate attempts in AAA. Uh, yeah, 43 plate appearances in AAA. So he doesn't have, it's not like he's a known quantity. And if you're trying to figure it out, if you're a guy who needs to figure it out all the way, don't waste team control years of trying to figure it out at the AAA level if your roster is at the point where you intend to contend. And the Mets, I mean, you went out, you signed Scherzer, yeah, you intend to contend. And so can you afford to plug in a spot in the lineup every day of a guy who's trying to figure it out at the, at the MLB level? Uh, if he hits really well at AAA and nobody at the major league level does, it's possible. But I just... I ultimately don't necessarily think that he's the guy this year, that Vientos makes a big impact this year. 23, different story. You've got some more guys rolling off the roster, free agency-wise, things like that. Possibility. All right, question from AJ. Ask, uh, it's Ray's question, technically. He says, the best name in baseball is Ford Proctor, right? Okay, Ford Proctor's funny. Um I think his middle name is like Crawford or something. That's where it comes from. But to me, I kind of figured out that there's three types of funny names um, for when it comes to like the, the good names in baseball. And before I get into this, I saw a list today that said Nomar Garcia Parra was one of the best names in baseball. And Nomar is only a good name because of the combination of the name and the accent of the people who said it. You know, Noma, like that's, that's objectively funny hearing somebody just holler for Noma. But itself is not a funny name. So I think there's three types of funny names in baseball, right? There's the old-timey baseball players. You've got guys like, and these are all real. I did not make any of these names up. Uh, Cannonball Titcomb, Pickles Dillhofer, Boots Poffenberger, Bud Weiser, which, again, did not make that up. Not a paid sponsorship. He played for the 1915 Phillies. Bud's first name, Weiser's his last name. Um, 
Gunboat Thompson. Like just some of those old timey names are all these guys played like before World War II. Okay. Um, some of the names, some of the funny names for baseball or like the good baseball names are an alliterative name that has some sort of entertaining reference. So Coco Crisp, all timer right there, right? Uh, Boof Bonzer. Boof Bonzer is a pretty funny name. Goose Gossage. Look at the goose. It's alliterative. It works. It rolls off the tongue. Goose Gossage is a good baseball name. And then you've got just like the wacky stuff. Shooty Babbitt, real person. Uh, Milton Bradley, you know, I kind of like he should have come out in a top hat or something. I think like the board game, uh, Monopoly, but Catfish Hunter, comment, you know, there you go. Razor Shines, that's a real name. I mean, so you've got old time baseball players, you've got alliterative names with funny references, you've got wacky names. And some of these guys, like a Pickles Dillhofer, I kind of feel bad because after a while, people just know you as the baseball player with the funny name. And I kind of feel like, you know, you would want some sort of new fresh start. And speaking of, you know, new, it's the new year. And that means New Year's resolution. So if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, whatever it may be, include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, some people think it's better than a candy bar. Covered 100% real chocolate, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. So funny story, my wife and I got a box in the other day, opened it up, box of Built Bars, variety pack. It's an 18 pack. So we had a built bar draft. So we laid out all the different flavors. I mean, there was coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and then some other coconut. Like there was it's like nine flavors. And so we drafted and we drafted our teams. And somehow I ended up with both co- uh, peanut butter brownies and not a single mint brownie. And I don't know if that was an oversight on my part, if I won or I lost on this draft. But uh, the cool thing is, Tons of flavors. You can get a variety pack. And then there's limited time flavors. Churro was a flavor just recently. They had Rocky Road a while back. So go to built.com, check out the list of the flavors, see what's new. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Okay. Question another question here from one of the prospectors said, Does JJ Blade end up in Miami by the end of the season? And I'm going to say probably not. So some of the backstory on him, 2019 first round pick out of Vanderbilt. So baseball powerhouse. 2021 was his first full pro season because we lost 2020 minor league season. Uh, And he batted 212. His slash line was 212, 323, 373. 12 home runs, 101 strikeouts, 64 walks, and 110 games at double A. So here's the issue. J.J. Blade is not hitting for average. J.J. Blade is not hitting for power. Now, to his credit, there are reports out of the Arizona Fall League that he made a positive swing adjustment, and he already had pretty good pitch recognition. So you you feel that he's going to do it in the future, but right now you have offensive questions about him. He's not hitting for average or for power. You need one of those things. And then if you look at the, the Marlins big league roster, where does he play? So right field, Avisel Garcia. He's going to play almost every day. Um, center field, Brian De La Cruz. Same thing. Uh, left fielder, Jesus Sanchez. Probably playing. Brian Anderson's probably either your third baseman or your DH, but he can play corner outfield as well. On the bench, you've also got Garrett Cooper. You've got John Birdie. Both those guys have played the outfield before. And then at AAA, your top option's probably Brian Miller. He has a little bit of MLB service time. He does have a, 
a a track record. Not necessarily saying it's amazing, but he does have a track record. So the issue with JJ Blade is he's one of those guys that was just really hurt by missing the 2020 season because he finished 2019, got a little bit of rookie ball in him, and then lost his whole season. And I know there's alternate site and there's scrimmages and that kind of stuff, but nothing replicates facing live pitchers in a live scenario every single day. And so he's a guy who I don't see him necessarily. I think 2022 is his year. If he does well in double A, he makes it to triple A, hopefully by midseason and has extended time there. Maybe he's one of the few guys in September that comes up, or maybe he's a deep injury replacement, but I really see JJ Blade as a 2023 guy more than a 22 guy simply because I mean, there's so many options uh, in Miami that can play the outfield. And that's one of the things Miami's trying to get into. Obviously, we mentioned Brian Anderson, Garrett Cooper, John Birdie. They all can play infield outfield. Uh, Miami went and 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 traded uh, for, you know, other guys who can, like, cover every single position, who can play short, who can play third, who can play second if they need to, uh, to, to try to fill in the roster. So... You don't necessarily need him right away. And and I think he's a guy, he needs more plate appearances. He needs more seasoning before you can count on him to contribute at the major league level. So another question comes, um, it's about the Giants here. Is Joby Bart going to be the guy for the Giants this season? I'm like, well, I mean, that's their hope, isn't it? So the thought was that he would have some time to share the role with Buster Posey, learn from Buster Posey. Obviously, he came up in 2020, filled in some there. Most of Posey had opted out. 2021, the thought is they're going to transition from Posey to Bart. Posey has a fantastic year, wins comeback player of the year. I believe he did. And and just, just played lights out, took the Giants. They won the division, made playoffs, had a great series against the Dodgers. And so Joey Bart's kind of been the guy that's been left out on this. And you have to hope that he's one of those young catchers that can kind of turn it on, kind of like Sean Murphy did in Oakland or Will Smith did, in, uh, did for Los Angeles. And Joey Bart was actually, I think two years ago, ranked above those guys on the prospect lists. And so he has the he has the pedigree to succeed. But the question is, does his bat continue to develop at the big league level? So AAA, before he got hurt in 2021, he had good power. But um, he had a lot of strikeouts, too. So he batted 294. Uh, slash line was 294, 358, 472. 10 home runs, 82 strikeouts with 21 walks in 67 games. So averaging more than one strikeout a game. And something you need to work out. If you're struggling like that at AAA, it's just going to get worse at the major league level. And and some of the reports on him were, you know, on the, the other aspects of his game were that his defense got better but that he still needed to work on some of the intangibles. And specifically, it was it was kind of leadership and it was some of the body language behind the plate. Uh, you know, being a veteran-laden team like the Giants are, I think when, I think if you look at like average age of a roster, the Giants were one of the oldest teams last year. And being a veteran-laden team, uh, they have time for him to, build, to grow into that role. Uh, the leadership has time to come. You have all these vets who can kind of lead the thing. And Kirk Casale is also there too. Kirk Casale is going to be behind the plate and splitting time with him. Um, he does have development to do. I think he has the physical tools to do it. The question is, can he simultaneously learn this pitching staff and 
develop his bat offensively. And I worry that that's a lot to do for a young catcher. Uh, it may be something where this year's more of a true timeshare with Kirk Casale versus Joey Bart is the guy. This may be more of a 60-40 split or a 50-50 split versus a 70-30 or an 80-20. And then if Bart grows into it and is playing well back half of the year, then next year you look at Joey Bart being the guy. So I think he can do it. I hope he can do it. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. There's times when I've wondered if he's the guy who just needs like a, you know, who just needs to go somewhere new and start over. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't click this year in San Francisco, he may be a guy that needs a new start because you can't, I mean, you can't send him back down to AAA. He's like 25. You can't just let him sit in AAA forever. But if he's not doing it on a team that can win a hundred games, then you have to just move on, go to the next guy, cut your losses, give him a, a new start. But talking about new, Bet Online wants to wish you a happy new betting year as the NFL playoffs continue. The Super Bowl is set. Uh, I'm honestly hoping that the um, that the Bengals can do it. I want uh, Joe Burrow to pull it out, but obviously it's going to be a good game. We'll see what happens when it's uh, there in Los Angeles. And remember that Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action in 2022. So check out the new updated desktop and mobile website. They got that done just in time for all the really fun player props that come up for the big game, whether it's the anthem, like the length of the anthem, the coin flip, what the first score is going to be, all that kind of stuff. All those props will be available. Go to Bet Online. And if you're not a football fan, that's fine. Basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, all that's on there too. I even saw a tab on there today. Uh, there's a politics tab. You can go in there right now and bet on who's going to win the Brazilian presidential election. Jair uh, Bolsonaro is the sitting president, but he's number two in the odds. So handicapping foreign political races. There you go. So bet online. Fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. When you're there, use promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, again, promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus because bet online is where the game starts. All right, final question of the mailbag here, and I'd save this one for last because I love it the most. Who has the better career, Shane Baz or Jackson Rutledge? So, race pitcher Shane Baz, uh, Jackson Rutledge of the of the Nationals. If you remember, we talked two weeks ago with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. We had two shows with him, actually, where we talked all about the Nationals. We talked at length about Rutledge. And so... Um, obviously, if you remember the story about Rutledge, he's got some premium stuff, but his control is kind of average. And he's another guy that was hurt by not having a 2020 season. In his case, it was injury came out of that. And we talked about soft tissue injuries being up quite a bit. Uh, when he started 2021 season, he had shoulder tightness. And it's kind of from when he ramped up his activities uh, for spring training. And then he started to develop blisters because he didn't necessarily, he wasn't on a strict throwing regimen, uh, you know, regimented like it was throughout the dog days of the summer in 2020 because there was no minor league season. And there's alternate side stuff, but that's not the same. So he's a guy who kind of missed, uh, he missed some time in 2021. And his fastball is, it's mean. Sits in the high 90s, it can touch 100. It's got good cut. It's got good carry. His slider is great. When it's on, it's a wipeout pitch. He needs to refine it. He needs to get better at throwing it for strikes. So he's a guy where his ceiling's probably number two, number three pitcher in your pin. He's got a, I'm sorry, not in your pin, your starting rotation. 
He's got an average curveball, average changeup. He needs to get better at consistency and repeatability of his motion. Um, so, yeah, best case scenario, number two, number three in your rotation. Not worst case scenario, but most likely outcome is he ends up being an impact reliever for you. If you have two great pitches, and the fastball is a great pitch, the slider is a great pitch. Uh, you two great pitches, you can be an impact reliever. And so one of the, the back-end anchors of the bullpen there for Washington. But Shane Baz, wow. Okay, premium stuff plus control. And let me tell you this. He is the greatest player to be named later in Major League Baseball history. So the deal was Chris Archer for Tyler Glasnow, Austin Meadows, and a player to be named later. And the player to be named later is Shane Baz. And I think the reason they got him is because when he was with Pittsburgh, he was pretty ineffective when he was throwing a two-seam fastball and a curveball. It just wasn't the right pitch mix for him. Uh, Tampa got him throwing a four-seamer and a slider. And so that fastball, that four-seam fastball, is one of the best fastballs in all of baseball. You can't see my notes here. That's written in capital letters. All of baseball. One of the best. High velocity, 96, 97. It can touch 100, and it's got a lot of movement. It's like 11 inches of vertical movement on that pitch. It is a filthy, filthy fastball. You're going to see a lot of pitching ninja gifts and videos of this pitch in the next few years. Um, slider. Slider's phenomenal slider. Plenty of movement on it. Um his curveball, his curveball is an average to plus curveball, but he can throw it early in the count and steal strikes with it. And ultimately, you don't necessarily have to have an amazing third pitch. You just have to be able to use it effectively. And he, he, it's a good pitch. And then he knows where to throw it and when to throw it for it to be effective. And then if he can harness his changeup, his changeup is average. If he can harness that changeup, like it doesn't move enough, um, it's a little like it's a little. Uh, if it, if if he doesn't hit his spot with it, it's a little meatbally. If he can harness that changeup, he's an all star. He's an all star. He's in the Cy Young conversation. His ceiling is a number one pitcher for Tampa Bay. Shane Boz is the real deal, and like I said, Shane Boz is the greatest player to be named later in Major League Baseball history. So I like Jackson Rutledge. I think he's going to be a good pitcher. I think in this case, he looks worse than he actually is because you're comparing him to a guy who could be one of the best pitchers in baseball if it all comes together, and there's a decent chance that it does. So nothing against Jackson Rutledge. I think he's going to do great. He's not a Shane Boss. Shane Boss is a whole nother level, and I think a guy who's really going to impress a lot of us this season. If you have questions reach out to the show. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Please like and subscribe. That does a, does a ton of help for us, helps us with the algorithm, helps us discover new people and new pods. If you want to stay tuned, we've got a great a great week of shows coming up. We have, we're starting our college baseball previews tomorrow. We're talking Big 12 with Josh Neighbors of Locked on Big, Big 12. Uh, this week, we're also doing crossovers with the Royals and the Braves, and we're having another Farm Friday talking about the National League East. But until that happens, I'm Lindsey Crosby, and this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.